Harold. When it got hot in the valley, Thomas and Alfred drove their cows up to a cool green pasture in the mountains to graze. Usually they stayed there with the cows for two months, then they brought them down to the valley again. The work was easy enough, but oh was it boring. All day the two men tended to their cows. At night, they went back to the tiny hut where they lived. They ate supper, they worked in the garden, and went to sleep. It was always the same. Then, Thomas had an idea that changed everything. Let's make a doll the size of a man, he said. It would be fun to make, and we could put it in the garden to scare away the birds. Yeah, and it should look like Harold, Alfred said. Harold was a farmer they both hated. They made the doll out of old sacks stuffed with straw. They gave it a pointy nose like Harold's and tiny eyes like his. Then they added dark hair and a twisted frown. Of course, they also gave it Harold's name. Each morning on the way to the pasture, they tied Harold to a pole in the garden to scare away the birds. Each night they brought him inside so that he wouldn't get ruined if it rained. When they were feeling playful, they would talk to him. One of them might say, How are the vegetables growing today, Harold? Then the other, making believe he was Harold, would answer in a crazy voice, Very slowly. They would both laugh, but not Harold. Whenever something went wrong, they took it out on Harold. They would curse at him, even kick or punch him. Sometimes, one of them would take the food they were eating, which they were both sick of at this point, and smear it on the doll's face. How do you like that stew, Harold? He would ask. Well, you better eat it, or else. Then the two men would howl with laughter. One night, after Thomas had wiped Harold's face with food, Harold grunted. Did you hear that? Alfred asked. It was Harold, Thomas said. I was watching him when it happened. I can't believe it. How could he grunt? Alfred asked. It's just a sack of straw. It's not possible. Let's throw him in the fire, said Thomas. And that will be that. Uh, hey now, uh, let's not do anything stupid, said Alfred. We don't know what's going on. When we move the cows down, we'll leave him behind. But for now, let's just keep an eye on him. So they left Harold sitting in a corner of the hut. They didn't talk to him or take him outside anymore. Now and then, the doll grunted, but that was all. After a few days, they decided there was nothing to be afraid of. Maybe a mouse or some insects had gotten inside Harold and were making those sounds. So Thomas and Alfred went back to their old ways. Each morning they put Harold out in the garden and each night they brought him back into the hut. When they felt playful, they joked with him. When they felt mean, they treated him as badly as ever. Then one night, Alfred noticed something that frightened him. Harold is growing, he said. I was thinking the same thing, Thomas said. Maybe it's just our imagination, Alfred replied. We have been up here on this mountain too long. The next morning, while they were eating, Harold stood up and walked out of the hut. He climbed up on the roof and trotted back and forth, 
like a horse on its hind legs. All day and all night long, he trotted like that. In the morning, Harold climbed down and stood in a far corner of the pasture. The men had no idea what he would do next, but they were afraid. They decided to take the cows down into the valley that same day. When they left, Harold was nowhere in sight. They felt as if they had escaped a great danger and began joking and singing. But when they had gone only a mile or two, they realized that they had forgotten to bring the milking stools. Neither one wanted to go back for them, but the stools would cost a lot to replace. There's really nothing to be afraid of, they told one another. After all, what could a doll do? They drew straws to see which one would go back. It was Thomas. Well, I'll catch up with you, he said, and Alfred walked on towards the valley. When Alfred came to a rise in the path, he looked back for Thomas. He did not see him anywhere, but he did see Harold. The doll was on the roof of the hut again. As Alfred watched, Harold kneeled and stretched out a bloody skin to dry in the sun. Sam's New Pet Sam stayed with his grandmother when his parents went to Mexico for their vacation. We are going to bring you back something nice, his mother told him. It'll be a surprise. Before they came home, Sam's parents looked for something Sam would like. All they could find was a beautiful sombrero, but it cost too much. That afternoon, while they were eating their lunch in the park, they decided to buy the sombrero after all. Sam's father threw what was left of their sandwiches to some stray dogs, and they walked back to the marketplace. One of the animals followed them. It was a small, gray creature with short hair, short legs, and a long tail. Wherever they went, it went. Isn't it cute? Sam's mother said. He must be one of those Mexican hairless dogs. Sam would love him. He's probably somebody's pet, Sam's father said. They asked several people if they knew who its owners were, but no one did. They just smiled and shrugged their shoulders. Finally, Sam's mother said, Maybe he's just a stray. Let's take him home with us. We can give him a good home, and Sam will love him. Now, it is against the law to take a pet across the border, but Sam's parents hid the animal in a box, and no one saw it. When they got home, they showed it to Sam. He's a pretty small dog, said Sam. He's a Mexican dog, his father said. I'm not sure what kind. I think it's called a Mexican hairless. We'll find out. But he's nice, isn't he? They gave the new pet some dog food. Then they washed it and brushed it and combed its fur. That night, it slept at the foot of Sam's bed. When Sam awakened the next morning, his pet was still there. Mother, he called. The dog has a cold. The animal's eyes were running, and there was something white around its mouth. Later that morning, Sam's mother took it to a veterinarian. Where did you get him? The vet asked. In Mexico, she said. We think he's a Mexican hairless. I was just going to ask you about that. He's not a hairless, the vet said. He's... Not even a dog. He's a sewer rat.
and he has rabies. The Red Spot While Ruth slept, a spider crawled across her face. It stopped for several minutes on her left cheek, then went on its way. What is this red spot on my cheek? She asked her mother in the morning. It looks like a spider bite, her mother said. It'll go away, just don't scratch it. Soon the small red spot grew into a small red boil. Look at it now, Ruth said. It's getting bigger, and it's sore. That sometimes happens, her mother said. It's coming to a head. In a few days, the boil was even larger. Look at it now, Ruth said. It hurts and it's ugly. Well, we'll have the doctor look at it, her mother said. Maybe it's infected. But the doctor could not see Ruth until the next day. That night, Ruth took a hot bath. And as she soaked herself, the boil burst. Out poured a swarm of tiny spiders from the eggs their mother had laid in her cheek. Such things happen. When Bill Nelson's cow stopped giving milk, he called the veterinarian. There is nothing wrong with that cow, the vet said. She's just stubborn. That, or some witch got hold of her. Bill and the vet both laughed. That old hag, Addie Fitch. I guess she's the closest we've got to a witch around here, the vet said. The witches have gone out of style, haven't they? Bill had a run-in with Addie Fitch the month before. He had hit her cat with his car and killed it. I'm really sorry, Addie Fitch, he told her. I'll get you a new cat. Just as pretty, just as good. Her eyes filled with hate. I raised that cat from a kitten, she hissed. I loved her. You'll be sorry for this, Bill Nelson. Bill sent her a new cat and heard nothing more. Then his cow stopped giving milk. Next, his old truck broke down. After that, his wife fell and broke her arm. We're having a lot of bad luck, he thought. Then he thought, maybe it is Eddie Fitch getting even. And then, hey, you don't believe in witches, you're just upset. But Bill's grandpa believed in witches. He had once told Bill that there was only one sure way to stop a witch from causing trouble. You find a black walnut tree, he said, and you draw her picture on it. Then you mark an X where her heart is. And you drive a nail into that X. Every day, you drive in a little deeper. If she's causing the trouble, he said, she'll feel the pain. When she can't stand it anymore, she'll come to you or send somebody. Try to borrow something. If you give her what she wants, that breaks the power of that nail. And she'll go on tormenting you. But if you don't, She'll have to stop, or the pain will kill her. That's what his nice, gentle old grandpa believed. His pure craziness, Bill thought. Of course, his grandpa didn't have much schooling. Bill had been in college. He knew better. 
Then, Bill's dog Joe, a perfectly healthy dog, dropped dead, just like that. It made Bill angry. Despite all his schooling, he thought, Maybe it is Addie Fitch after all. He got a red crayon from his son's room, and a hammer, and a nail, and went into the woods. He found a black walnut tree and drew a picture of Addie Fitch on it. He made an X where her heart was, like his grandpa had set to do, and with the hammer he drove the nail in a little way into the X. Then he went home. I feel like a fool, he told his wife. You should, she said. The next day, a boy named Timmy Logan came by. Addie Fitch isn't feeling well, he said. She wonders if she can borrow some sugar from you. Bill Nelson stared at Tommy in amazement. He took a deep breath. Tell her I'm sorry, but I don't have any sugar right now. When Tommy Logan left, Bill went back to the walnut tree and drove the nail in another inch. The next day, the boy came back. Addie Fitch is pretty sick, he said. She's wondering if you've got any sugar yet. Tell her I'm sorry, but I still don't have any. Bill went out into the woods and drove the nail in another inch. The following day, the boy was back. Addie Fitch is getting sicker, he said. She really needs some sugar. Tell her I still don't have any. Bill's wife was angry. You've got to stop this, she said. If this mumbo-jumbo works... It's like murder. I'll stop when she does, he said. Toward dusk, he stood in the yard staring at the ridge where the old lady lived, wondering what was going on up there. Then, in the half-darkness, he saw Addie Fitch coming slowly down the hill towards him. With her pinched, bony face and her old black coat, she did look like a witch. As she got closer, Bill saw that she could barely walk. Maybe I'm really hurting her, he thought. He ran to get his hammer and pulled the nail out, but before he could leave, Addie Fitch was in the yard, her face twisted with rage. First you killed my cat, she said. Then you wouldn't give me a bit of sugar when I needed it, she swore at him, and fell dead at his feet. I'm not very surprised that she dropped dead that way doctor said later. She was very old, maybe 90. It was her heart, of course. <sighs> Some people thought she was a witch, Bill said. I've heard that, the doctor said. Somebody I knew thought Addie Fitch had witched him, Bill went on. He drew a picture of her on a tree, then drove a nail into it to make her stop. That's an old superstition, Doctor said. But people like us, we don't believe in that sort of thing, do we? The Church There was a fellow named Larry Berger who wasn't afraid of anybody alive, but anybody who was dead scared the wits out of him. One night, Larry was out driving in the country in his old jeep when he got caught in a bad thunderstorm. The rain was coming down in sheets. Since his jeep didn't have a top on it, Larry started looking for a place to take shelter. 
But at the first place he came to, he didn't even slow down. It was an old, deserted cabin. Probably as dry as a bone inside, but Larry knew for a fact that it was haunted, and he was not going to stay there. A few miles further, he came to an old abandoned church standing all alone in a field. It hadn't been used in years. All the window glass was gone, but it still had sections of the roof intact. So Larry parked his jeep and ran inside. It was as dark as it could be in there. Larry groped around until he found a pew and sat down. It was nice and dry, just as he thought it would be. And he stretched out his legs and made himself comfortable. Suddenly there was a big flash of lightning, and Larry saw that he wasn't the only one in that church. There were people sitting in almost every pew. They all had their heads bowed as if they were praying, and they were all dressed in white. These must be ghosts sitting in their shrouds, Larry thought. They must have come in from some graveyard to get dry. Larry jumped up and ran down the aisle as fast as he could right smack into one of the ghosts. And the ghost, he went 